Episode 8, Anxiety, Depression, and More, Part 2, with special guest, Heidi Bartle. Hello, my name is Angela. I am a member of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I am a wife, I am a mother of four, and I am a stepmother of three. I was married for 14 years when I began to learn the secrets my now ex-husband had been keeping from me, all starting with his affair. My world, my identity, my worth were all in question. I didn't know or trust anything. But through that tragedy, something amazing happened. I found myself and I began to learn how to truly love the person I saw in the mirror. It's not a destination, it's a journey. However, now I can honestly say that I am a beautiful, strong, intelligent, and brave daughter of God. I am a trauma survivor and thriver, as well as a certified life coach. I want to share my story, as well as my experiences and what I've learned, to bring others hope, healing, and help. So come with me, and together we can find courage in betrayal. Hello, and welcome back today for our part two with special guest Heidi Bartle. So let's just get right into it. So when did you get diagnosed? Because you said you were in your 30s, right? Mm-hmm. Before you really knew that. So what led up to that? Well, it was in the fall of 2011. My youngest of five children was just a few months old. I'd been depressed for months, but I just thought it was connected to my medically complicated pregnancy. It was really challenging. Baby and I almost died. I thought that the depression was connected to the weight of that experience, but then it didn't go away. She was born and I didn't snap out of it. So, but I was too ashamed to tell anyone. I knew exactly what was happening, but at that time I felt like depression was a character flaw Mm -hmm. and I wasn't able to get help, but I was crying all day, every day. I was barely functioning for my five children. I mean, I had a lot of responsibility and I was not doing very well. My poor husband carried everything, but um, I had a friend who came over and literally held my hand while I called the doctor. Yeah. And then someone drove me to my appointment to make sure I would go. Yeah. And I thought that I would see a doctor, get a diagnosis, which I already knew was depression and take some medicine and it would be over. Right. But that was not my experience. Some people do have that experience. All they need is a little Zoloft. And it just takes the edge off and they're fine. Right. And that's amazing. And I'm thrilled for those people. It was not my experience. I have tried dozens of medications. And I mean, I think my current medication cocktail is what I need. And I think it's working for what it does. Right. But I still struggle. Yeah. But after about a year of the trying a bunch of different medications, one antidepressant started to work a little. And it worked enough that I started cycling into manic episodes and I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, okay. which completely came out of left field for me. I had no clue that that could be something that I was dealing with. Right. And it was, it felt really heavy. I still struggle with a little, a little bit, um, you know, people's facial expressions when they see that for the first time, or when I say that for the first time to them, it's a little, it's different than depression and anxiety in yeah. its uh, stigma and in its prognosis. Yeah. What's, what's the long-term plan here? It's, it's 
it's different. It's a little bit heavier. Yeah. But um, I have learned that bipolar is just something I have. It's not who I am. I love that. And it's it took a long time for me to get there. Yeah. But I, I really do believe that now. Yeah. And the thing, too, that I see so much in what you're saying and people that I know and recognize is... I mean, I don't know. How do we break through this place of this shame of... Again, that's just a piece of you. It's not like everything, but it feels like this is everything. When it's mental, it's part of who you are. It's part of your personality. It's part of your character. It feels that way. Yeah. So I think that's part of it. I know you were going to ask this later, but um, one thing I wish people understood is that mental illness is just as valid as a physical illness. Yeah. And if we viewed depression, anxiety, bipolar, schizophrenia as physical illnesses like diabetes or asthma, then we would not have shame because would you ever discourage someone from taking their inhaler? Exactly. (laughs) Would you ever tell someone not to take their insulin or shame them because their pancreas doesn't work? Right. That it's not their fault. No. Just so that, that concept of mental illness being physical illness, um, if I broke my leg, would I receive treatment from a licensed professional? Of course I would. Right. Would I do it right away? Yes. Right. And so getting there with mental illnesses too. And on that um, train of thought, I like to tell people to think about how they would respond to a friend with a physical illness and apply that to their friends with mental illness. Yeah. So you have the flu. What would I do for you? I'd probably bring you soup. And I would take care of your kids and maybe I would bring you groceries or do some tasks for you. Um, It's somebody with a broken arm might need help with the dishes or the laundry. Right. I promise you that your depressed friend needs every single one of those things. Yeah. And it's harder. It's like my friends who showed up on the porch. They came over to clean my kitchen, which was amazing, but... I'm not sure that they necessarily thought of that, but what I needed was for someone to clean my kitchen. Yeah. And in your situation, you needed someone just to talk and recognize you. So if we think about mental illness as a physical illness, some of those ways of helping kind of open up. Yeah. And just think about what would happen if you had the flu and go from there. Yeah. I actually really love that because so often I've thought the same thing that I'm like, we have which I don't understand. I, I, I haven't gotten of like, why? Why is there this, this shame and this disappointment mm-hmm. or this embarrassment of something that is not in our control, yeah. right? Yeah. But I think it's because we think it is or it should be. Exactly. Because it's in yeah. your mind. It's, yeah. it's what you're telling yourself. It's yeah. what your thoughts are, yeah. you know, which are in control and which play a part. Our minds are very powerful and you can change your thoughts and, or your feelings by changing your thoughts. Right. Absolutely. Right. But you can't undo a, me- a physical illness right. by thinking happy thoughts. Exactly. You just can't. No. <laughs> Although we wish we could. <laughs> and some people may say they can, but... <laughs> Wouldn't that be good? Um, all right. So I want to talk a little bit about the book you wrote. And what inspired that? My book came about because my therapist told me I needed to talk to my kids about my depression. And I thought she was insane. That just sounded like the worst idea possible. But 
I'm, I'm an obedient patient and so, or client. And so I went home and started thinking about it. And I was at my son's soccer game and I realized that words to a story were floating through my head. And then I realized it was my story about depression and a story was literally unfolding in my mind. And so I went home and typed it up and had this major brain dump in just, in just an hour, the whole thing came out in story format and I printed it up and folded the papers over and did staples down the side, like a little booklet, like I was in kindergarten. And I read that story to my kids. That was the first edition of when mommy feels sad. I, we had a great experience together, um, talking about my illness. We all cried. All five of my kids cried and that's a very tender memory. Um, I took it to my therapist and she jumped out of her chair. She was so excited. So I ended up self-publishing in 2018 and it's been kind of a ride since then. I've, it's not a wildly popular book, but because of that, it was kind of a vehicle for talking about it. Right. And I was able to teach some classes and, um, I've done several guest spots on, um, podcasts and, it's, I've begun using my voice in this arena to talk about how um, important it is to understand and respect mental illness. And yeah, because it is. It's not about the book. Yeah. It's about talking about it. Yeah. It's about having a reason mm-hmm. to talk about it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And that's the whole thing of when we try to ignore it or we push it to the side, nothing gets done. Yeah. And that's where shame lives mm-hmm. in the dark, in the dark by itself. Exactly. Yeah. So when you expose that and like with your kids, were they, mm-hmm. did they know or was it all brand new? I think I just gave them a vocabulary for what they already knew. Yeah. We, when I was pregnant with my last baby, I started throwing up at five weeks and I was just completely violently ill, um, by seven weeks. And I was debilitated for the whole pregnancy. Um, at about 10 weeks, we decided to tell our kids that I was pregnant and my boys who were young, they were seven and nine, maybe were so relieved because they thought I was dying when I was pregnant. And I realized that that's what had happened with my mental illness, that they had, they had seen me spending a lot of time in bed and um, they knew I wasn't very nice, <laughs> different, different symptoms that they saw, but they didn't have any words for it. Right. They didn't know that depression was a thing and mental illness was a thing and that I was seeing a psychiatrist and taking medication. So the book opened up a conversation for us and my six year old, maybe he was 10. He was very engaged in the process of talking about it. And he would, he would say, Hey mom, how's your diagnosis going? Have you taken your medication today? (laughs) Have you seen your therapist? And so those words are, um, very common at my house. We talk about stuff like that. I have two children who've seen therapists and it's, there's nothing wrong with it. Right. They're doing what they need to do for their brains. And we, I respect their privacy, but we aren't afraid to talk about it. Yeah. And, and I think that has led to other 
meaningful conversations about other things, unrelated things, that our kids feel comfortable coming to us because they know that we talk about hard stuff. Right. And that's been rewarding. It just makes me think of Brene Brown, mm-hmm. who I love, mm-hmm. and talks about shame and the antidote to shame, right? How do we combat it? It's vulnerability. Mm-hmm. It's literally, it's the scariest thing to do to like open up our guard and yeah. say, here's the yeah. good, the bad, and ugly. Yeah. And it's exposing everything that we have, but that's how we connect. Yeah. That's how we grow. And that's everything that as human beings, we are actually longing for yeah. is that connection to one another. But we're so afraid. We're so yeah. afraid to show it. Well, my daughter just auditioned for um, the variety show at her high school. Mm-hmm. And it's a no cut situation. Like if you audition, you're in. Okay. But you have to audition. You have to open your mouth and you have to sing and you have to dance. (laughs) And I am so proud of her for those two minutes of vulnerability that she did so that she can have this fabulous experience with her friends. Right. I, I just think it's so amazing that she would try even though she was terrified. Right. She didn't want to do that. That sounded terrible, you know, just awful. Like, I'm not good enough. That whole role was playing. But she, but she moved past that long enough to gain this cool experience that's coming. I'm really, really excited for her for being vulnerable like that. Yeah. Well, and with that, I'm really appreciative of you being (laughs) here and being vulnerable and sharing this because that is, honestly, it's like my mission. It's everything that I want of... Mm -hmm. Because especially towards surrounding betrayal, there's so much shame in oh, that yeah. as well. Of feeling like nobody's going to get it. Or it's my fault. Mm-hmm. You know? Of course. I did something so terrible that my husband went to somebody else. You know? Like, yeah. I'm so awful to live with. Or I'm so ugly. Or I'm such the opposite of what he wants that he had to go find it somewhere else. These are all the things that just keep you stuck and, um, and they just aren't helpful, (laughs) Yeah, you know? And so coming out and realizing and talking about it and people can understand it and they relate. It's so freeing. At least it has been for me. Mm -hmm. And so I was very, I don't know if proud is the right word because I'm not like, Oh, I'm so proud of you. Like, yes, but like for you, like I, when I watched and I've kind of, you know, we've known each other for a long time, but honestly our paths haven't been that close. We're more like acquaintances. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We know who each other are. We've like sit there and watch there, but you know, I, I don't know the inner depths of your life and Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, it's kind of the same. same, but I, when you started publishing your book and you started being more vocal about it. I just couldn't help but like want to be your cheerleader. Oh, so, and with that is why I wanted you here. Why I wanted to talk about it because when we talk about things that are hard, mm-hmm. I just want to support it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, so with that, if it were you, right? If somebody were speaking to you, what would be that one thing that you'd want to hear or want to help or whatever that could reach you? I have an illness, but it's, but I am not my illness. Yeah. That was a very, very important thing for me to learn. It took a long time, Yeah, but it's where the, the therapist started. Yeah. <laughs> I've had a few, but, 
but they sometimes have to remind me, this isn't you, this is your illness. Yeah. This isn't you, this is your illness. And it just, um, it's comforting to realize that, to remember that. It's empowering to realize that. I had a psychiatrist tell me one time that our goal was not relief of symptoms, but better management of them. Mm. And I just wanted to punch him in the nose. I just thought that was the worst thing he could possibly say to me because I wanted relief of symptoms. Yeah. And I have since learned that it was a wise thing to say, you are not your illness. That is my, I I love that. I really do. And I, I think that's it again, it transcends into everything. It's Mm -hmm. those suffering from physical pain that just Mm -hmm. chronic pain, right? That's Mm -hmm. not going away. It's the same thing. It feels like it's taking over your whole life, Mm -hmm. but it's just a part of you. And the other thing that I even thought goes through and it corresponds is addiction. Mm -hmm. You know, your addiction is not who you are. It's just a part of you. It doesn't define you. And I don't know all those things. It's just, it's that hope. Mm -hmm. And I gather, and one thing that I wanted and I needed was to know that there was hope. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Yeah. Hope is a tough one. Yeah. But I think in lots of areas, we can look for little things, that little pinpricks of light. I think we all want the big orb that radiates from our chest that leads us in light to wherever we want to go. That's just not my experience. Yeah. It's like collecting rocks and putting them in my pocket yeah little bright shiny rocks that I can just carry with me and they help me out it's just a reminder of all the good things in life that that give me hope and it really does make me feel better I've been surprised I really love that and for me it makes me think of something that's been on my mind a little bit and I remember feeling guilty about surviving Mm. right like that's not enough Mm -hmm. surviving is living Mm -hmm. you know and we feel like we should be doing more we should be better we should be doing this but you you're alive Mm -hmm. and it and surviving is enough yeah and that's that's what we want is just survive so not to have this guilt of i i should be better by now or i should be you know at this level at this point or at this point you know productive right cleaner house yeah and it's all these things that we put on ourselves of like this is what is the expectation Mm -hmm. that it should be but realizing and giving yourself again it's those small little shifts Mm -hmm. of just allowing yourself to realize and accept you know what if all i can do today is just survive that's okay you know we've we've covered a lot and i really appreciate you coming and being vulnerable and sharing it and opening up that discussion This has been good. Thank you. Thank you for joining me here today. I just wanted to take a moment to ask if anything you heard or felt today resonated with you or helped you in any way, please take a moment to like, leave a review, or share this with a friend. That way I can grow and reach more people and hopefully reach those that are needing it most. Thanks again. Have a wonderful day.